You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, welcome back to the Buffalo Happy Hour. What's up, Mike? Derek, we traveled again. We are. We're in Ellicottville with the Steelbound crew. How are you guys? Great. Good. Really good. You want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Dan Solari, uh, lead distiller. Uh, I'm Eric Russer. I am assistant brewer. Awesome. Good well, day. you got quite an assortment of products here. You want to, <laughs> you want to talk about what you, what you guys offer? Uh, right now, we have uh, a pretty good product line. So we got a, a gin. It's more of a pretty basic London style gin um, and we have our uh, house vodka that's uh, four times as filled house vodka and we have a couple flavored vodkas that we um, use uh, blueberry uh, lemon and apple so far uh, blueberry which is our blue balls uh, is our biggest seller we sell a lot of that wherever we go uh, some people just like the name blue balls yep, so buy it, right <laughs> the name attracts people yeah to it. it really does it's, it's actually funny we went to a we went to we look at uh, uh, Harley Moonshine. And we went to a Harley event. We brought Harley Davidson Moonshine. It was a ladies' event, but we brought some Blue Balls Moonshine. Sold completely out of Blue Balls really? Moonshine. Sold like two bottles of the Harley Moonshine <laughs> at, at a Harley event. But it was a ladies <laughs> it was a ladies' event. So, yeah. but so um, and we have that the Harley Moonshine. Basically, that's just an unaged corn whiskey that uh, the good folks at Gowanda Harley and uh, we got partnered up with them and with our 103.3 the bike the bike night the edge the bike night we do there. And then we age that same corn whiskey uh, on oak, and you get your uh, uh, our aged whiskey. Nice. And we do a couple of rums. We got a white rum, and we have a, um, a vanilla spice rum as well. Okay. So with the aging process, and you guys are relatively new as well. How long is your whiskey being aged right now? Our whiskey right now is being aged about six months. Okay. Um, we do it a little bit differently. Um, aging in the barrel versus putting the barrel in the whiskey. Oh, okay. um, because we're not looking for an age statement, we're not making a bourbon and we're not making a straight. Um, if we take the barrel and take it apart and toast all four sides of each stave, it gives more surface area. We can age more whiskey a little bit faster. Oh, interesting. Yep. And you get the same flavor, composition, and all that stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Where do you get your barrels from? Uh, all over. We source okay. them. Right now, I just actually found a new place. We're uh, out of Kentucky, a place called Kentucky Bourbon Barrel. Um, they, they sounds have, legit. Yeah, they have uh, <laughs> their their uh, their parent company is ISC, uh, and they supply new barrels and Kentucky Bourbon Barrel. They they have used barrels, so we buy from both. Um, it's actually really funny. ISC, I just started dealing with them, and they're uh, an old school company in, in Kentucky. And I said, okay, so we got the order, and so you know my credit card, and they said, no, you just send us a check. Oh, really? <laughs> they, in the mail. So we still send them a check in the mail. No wow. Kidding. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I love old school places like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're still... And they ship... They're the, one of the biggest barrel suppliers in all the world. Yeah. All over the world. And, and they still buy, buy a check. Yeah, no so. uh, no uh, shipping info. They, do, they just yeah, showed they just up. show up. I was here yesterday. They're like, hey, I got a... You know, freight showed up. I'm like, I didn't order anything. And you guys are like, oh, there's some barrels in here. I was like, all right, they're here. Yeah, awesome. so... Yeah, I was off. I uh, took off early yesterday, and it was probably like three o'clock. And I got a text picture from Eric, and I was like, "Hey, your barrel's here." I'm like, "That's awesome." I didn't know they were coming today, but great, they're here. Jeez, excellent. Yeah. So you partnered with um, 
pretty much every big brand that you could in the southern tier try to yeah <laughs> and then uh and fall fest recently kicked off and how was it turned out for you guys with fall fest uh fall fest was uh busy very uh restaurant gets really busy tap room gets really busy um weather dependent on you know bands or stuff the right. first day got really 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 cold yeah right sunday was amazing weather but saturday here was mob friday it was freezing so i mean we try to set up a tent outside and do stuff but the the tap room and the restaurant always are pretty big i mean and, and especially for being off the beaten path of where like major beer tent is and all that right we right. get really good foot traffic i think a lot of people want to get away from that a bit yeah. too i mean i see how it is when i drive in i'm like Mm. Oh, yeah. And this is on the major access road, too. Yeah, I had and to take the back roads in. Yeah, both right. days I came in because I was not going down the, the two And it's a good way to start the Fall Fest, too. I came this year, and I stopped here first because I was like, let's grab some whiskey so we can then deal with the people at right. Fall Fest a little bit easier. <laughs> well, we, so, have a, we have the biggest parking lot in Algonville, so Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you go downtown, it's great because you're in the center of everything, but there's no parking. Sure. You usually got to park and walk. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when you come in, there's a we got a bus outside. Yep. So we're going to wrap that bus sometime before spring. And what we're going to do is when Elkville has the big events down there, we're going to run a free shuttle. Oh, cool. So people will be able to park here and you know come back and forth. Grab a drink first, yeah, maybe. Yeah, grab a drink, maybe go down, come back, have dinner, and head out. Because you're kind of out of that traffic, you know, kind of puts you right on the street. Yeah. You know. Yep. So. And then from here, you just jump on the fake throughway. Yep, the fake That's awesome. So you want to talk about the partnerships that you have specifically around the the Harley Davidson partnership that you that you got? That, that was a that was a, a great uh, partnership for us. It still is. Um, we're we're again partnering with uh, Harley Davidson this year. One hundred three point three, the Edge. They do uh, a bike night, and they're also work with uh, Gwanda Harley. Um, because of the fact that uh, Gwanda Harley was one of the the first dealerships they have uh, the exclusive rights to be able to use that logo so when we partnered with them that allowed us to put that logo on our whiskey bottle right so that's that's pretty huge as long as we have the you know the Gawanda with the Harley logo and uh, yeah, they're one of the oldest independent Harley dealers in like ever yeah, right in the like, country so, so it's not just so like they, are, they, they have a little bit of leeway with sure. stuff they still have to answer like when we were there they talk about how much stuff you have to answer to Har- Harley for but their actual naming rights and their logo, Harley can't do a thing about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, they have exclusive. If you put the that. Harley logo on it, they're Harley would be like, no. Nah. Right. But they own that, and they and Harleys can't do a thing about that's it. Sweet. So. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Ex- yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So is, is that only sold here, or can people buy it in other locations? You can buy that any anywhere that we that has us and if you have a liquor store that doesn't have us tell them that you want us because yeah. we're with Empire so they can get us yeah, Empire did pick a bunch of it up so yeah, so, yeah they have um, congrats 36 cases of it yeah they got like 30 30 cases of it so. that was fun to <laughs> yeah <laughs> to fulfill yeah uh, all of it uh, so yeah. basically they took the vodka the vanilla rum the moonshine the corn whiskey the normal vodka and blue balls on a pallet, 36 cases of each, plus six cases for sampling, and we had wow. five days to do it. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. get working. And, oh, oh, by the way, <laughs> did we mention that was the week? Of Fall Fest. Of Fall oh, Fest. perfect. Yeah. Exactly, so we yeah. finished up the Fall Fest on Sunday, took, and we took, had to yeah, prep the took. order for Friday. It's not, wow. it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. It was it's just no sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, was, uh, it was actually really a huge funny story because we had uh, we had got everything on the pallets and my uh, took a picture of it and my wife had posted it on Facebook and said something you know proud of you guys whatever. So my buddy says, "Hey, you guys got it done in, you know a day early." I said, "That's really not the story. I'm currently now we were like two cases short on the moonshine." So I had everything, it was there to go. I was running it in our small batch. We had to find labels. I, yeah, I worked pretty much late at night, got here at 6 in the morning, hand-bottled, hand-labeled the last two wow. cases, put them on the pallet, and the head brewer was helping me, Blake, he's not here today, but he was helping me get it all prepped. We literally got it shrink-wrapped and started walking back to the door to print out the invoice, and they rolled up with the truck. Wow. <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so that's that's uh, one for the ages. We'll be yeah, it was a, it was a very long week, but yeah. it was fun. Yeah. It was. I think it. 
stories you hear about that stuff is really it was the first time the three of us as you know brewers and distillers really got to work together and like that week really like gelled made, everybody. yeah gelled yeah. everybody right yeah. i mean like we all knew each other but kind of yeah. i was still on the road at that point um blake was just starting to take over a lot of the head brewery duties and you know dan this was dan's first foray into like really like hey keys are yours man let's go yeah and so that week really started to like you know gel us it was awful but <laughs> I just came works. on board August 4th was my yeah. first day working at oh, Steelbound. Okay. So we're talking October-ish. Yeah, so I started two months the first, to get, get everything ready. July, so. Yeah. Wow. so basically I was I was hired as a, an assistant distiller, and the previous distiller, he moved on bigger and better things, and I was kind of handed the keys to bus right in the middle of all all this. And I was wow. like... Yeah, all hell's breaking loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, good luck. It was, good luck, uh, Dan. It was oh, something. Be a distiller, they said. It'll be fun, they said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for, for that order, you guys get all your products, obviously local. Um, yeah. Well, ingredients, I should yeah. say, to make your product. Mm-hmm. So how did that go? Because you basically called up your, your suppliers, essentially, and said, hey... I need, like, everything that you've ever done in the last <laughs> well, yeah, that's, 72 hours. Yeah, pretty much. Luckily, a lot of it was was actually pre, pre-made. pre okay. uh, Some of the stuff was uh, really a rush, uh, but, you know, you could talk more about where we get our stuff from. Uh, Pierce Milling is where yeah. we get okay. a lot of our, uh, our corn. Our grains and our stuff grains like that. And stuff. But we, were, we did luck out that a lot of what we needed to do was, luckily, Mostly done. Mostly the, done. The rum we had to push a little bit, but most of it was just like proof it down, make sure these. You know. I had to call my box guy and I said, "Hey, I we just no realized boxes. I realized that I don't I have any of these boxes." boxes. Bottles uh, showed up as we were going. Yeah, yeah. You know, we was, had it was wow. But, things were coming in. We had essentially we had all the liquor. We just didn't labels. We uh, one of the labels that we expected that had gotten messed up, so they had to rerun them. We had somebody that uh, our bar manager went to Akron because we have our Akron, it's done in Akron, our labels. So she had to run the Akron as we're bottling as she's coming back. It was just the guy that has our boxes, uh, he actually went out with his truck, his personal truck, to the warehouse Dropped and got us like 500 boxes and brought him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so basically, yeah, the, the train was, you know, I think the one that needed to get done was really the, the whiskey was like the last real, right. real one. So right. it wasn't like a. We knew it was coming, and right. it was going to get done. The, the, the products were, were were set. It was can we get it done in four four days essentially? Right. Yep. Right. So like you know, guy drops off the boxes. I'm in the corner putting 500 boxes together mm-hmm. while they're bottling, and then you stop, and then you label, and then you it yeah. It's wow. It was something. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, I, I mean, never. Casual, I'll tell you this. Whatever. It, it, I will say no to Bill if he ever yeah. takes over that big again <laughs> without a bigger lead up to it. Yeah. It's so. like uh, it was compared to the day I finished boot camp. Like, oh, that was all right. I never want to do it again. But it was. <laughs> I was all right. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I survived. I got through it. <laughs> yeah, I made it. But I don't want to do it again. <laughs> so, what came up with your Steelbound brand? Is there a story behind the name of the the company? Uh, I, uh, it was Stillhouse. Okay. Originally. Yeah, uh, but Jack Daniels owns that and about 800 more names. <laughs> so uh, steel steelbound is he the the steel around the casks was always like everything oh, bound okay. by yeah, steel. Yeah, yeah. So around that makes around sense. The, yep. Yeah. Nice. And then the, the skeleton is Nelson. Nelson is uh, that's yes. actually uh, our little skeleton there. Um, Bill, the guy you talked the owner, that was uh, he grew up in South Buffalo. Um, yeah. <laughs> South Buffalo boy. Yeah. Um, it's it's a great story. Yeah, it's a great. Uh, him and his brother actually uh, grew up, and they used to shine shoes in South Buffalo, kind of supporting the family and everything else. And from that, he built a couple of businesses. And this is you know being the latest one. But this is actually one of the first tattoos that he has. Oh, sweet. So that's how that's how Nelson. It's a little bit more refined, but yeah, that's how we got Nelson. Are you, are you saying that his tattoo faded over time? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah it faded out. out. Yeah, so it faded out a little bit, but uh, it was revamped, and uh, so that's that's Nelson. That's our guy. I love uh, it because Steelbound it it has two like different catering aspects of it. You have like the the tough guy, Harley biker guy sure. with the the moonshine and the whiskey with the the skull of Nelson and everything. But then you also also do flavored vodkas to cater to yeah. more of a. Uh, a different crowd. Absolutely. We was that and, planned to do it that way? I don't know. If any, it, I, it's hard to say what Bill has planned from day <laughs> sure. to day. He is uh, <laughs> he's an extreme visionary. Okay. Like some days he'll, we can tell when 
he has a lot of sleep. He does. I don't know that the guy ever sleeps. Really, he just <laughs> always seems to be going. But when he does sleep, he comes in, and we can tell because he's supercharged up, and he has just a whole bunch of ideas. Like lays out a whole series. Let's do a series of you know, do this. And, yeah, and, and he'll have it all mapped out in his head. Sometimes and I'm like. Uh, oh, okay. Let me wake up and get a coffee, and we'll talk about that. But that's this kid. Yeah, yeah right there. He yeah, starts this. going at five a.m. He's texting yeah, me right at five a.m. I'm still sleeping. <laughs> yeah, like all right. Wait till nine when I wake up, have my coffee, and relax a little bit. I, I think with the blue balls, especially uh, the brewery was open first. The yep. first uh, part of it. So like distilling didn't really happen until really about a year. Yeah, a year Ish. after it was open. So of course we had the blue balls, blueberry wheat. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just like, okay, that turned into our biggest beer. Of course, you know, two places in Elkie, they'll have the blueberry wheat. And he was like, well, we can distill, so I'm going to make a blueberry vodka. I would gather that's like the real thing behind it was, is like, there's not really, like blueberry vodka, there's not a lot of, you don't see a lot of places do it. Yeah. I think Stoli might have one, Sky I think does, but like, yeah. it just turned into like our thing, like yeah. the blueberry vodka. And yeah. it is the big seller. Well, and, and the fact that uh, and the other thing with Bill is he likes to be able to use all the resources that we can. Sure. So into that blueberry wheat, we use about 300 pounds of blueberries. Wow. So it's if fun. you've ever seen the blueberry wheat, it's it's purple, purple. It's, so, you know as I mean? someone who has to do it, it's, it's yeah, a it's, lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet. <laughs> to, to, um, puree all. Puree all 300 I'm sure you don't pounds. eat blueberries outside of that. Yeah. I, yeah. So yesterday, a quick story behind it. We, we, we have a sour that we do and that takes 400 pounds worth of uh, fruit and our emulsator broke uh, our emulsion blender broke sure. I had to go and get a drywall uh, mixer and attach <laughs> mixer. it to a screwdriver <laughs> yeah and, 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 uh, and, and a drill drill and just and that's how they mix yeah, it up wow. so that worked out 400 pounds of fruit hand, <laughs> hand drill so after you're done with it you know and Bill's always always like okay we're done with that can we use it for something else can, can they do something in the kitchen? Can we do... Yeah. And, and if you look in, on our menu, there's a lot of stuff that we do that we use in beer. Like, they'll come out when I'm done running corn whiskey and get a five-gallon bucket of sour magic corn, and they make the cornbread. And the blueberries, that's, you know, what else can we do with them? And you just hate to throw them away. That's, you know, 300 pounds of blueberries. So you, uh, we macerate them right here, and then we uh, distill it out, pull all the pure blueberry out, and then we add that into our house vodka. Blue balls. Nice. Yeah, you try to. I mean, <laughs> you, you see yeah. how I mean. You've been around a lot of places. That's a lot of money that goes into doing this stuff, right? Like, oh, yeah. and it's it's for a moment. We use sometimes twelve hundred pounds of grain on a beer, and an hour later, that grain is useless. Yeah. Right. So what we try to do is we have local farmers come pick up. They pick up the grain. They feed it to their cows and pigs, and it's just a complete yeah. circle. Because it's, it's it's a bummer to to really see it like that fruit. In it was like you know. 400 pounds of fruit right. and in an hour it's in beer and it's it's done unless yeah. you redo something with not it. doing anything else try to like as much as you can keep, keep the keep whole it, keep flow it going, going yeah. right you know yeah. so right but having that mindset is what keeps the lights on yeah you know because it's especially when you can tie it into other avenues that your business has like you were saying with the kitchen making cornbread and stuff it's just it's nice because there's I mean, we're in the southern tier, right? So everyone in the southern tier, similar to South Buffalo, is super into the community. Yeah. So if, if they're putting their money into something, they want to know, like, hey, it's from the boys up the road. Like, we're supporting them, and we're just reusing the same products to so just keep eating, keep drinking, and that's pretty much all we care about in Buffalo anyways, yeah. other than snowmobiling and hunting. Yeah. Right. yeah. So <laughs> we might as well just keep it, keep it flowing. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's great, too, because, like, you know, we get our, all our grains and corn locally. From Pierce Milling, and then you know our our uh, grain goes back to our, our farmer Joe, we call him, or the the Hannons, and Pat is one of the bartenders here since summer. All that grain's going back into their their, their you know their and cows the beef, and their yep. pigs. Nice. So it's just kind of. At some point, I think Bill's had another visionary. He wants to uh, separate one of the one of the beef cows and then have it all the grains that we feed them, and have that butchered, and then. Have it on the menu. Oh, okay. So we're gonna really go full, full circle, circle yeah. bring the glass back to the fryer. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So, can you talk a little bit more about the the brewery? And are there any laws restricting or that were difficult for you to have a brewery and a distillery in the same venue? They're gone now, right? Uh, it, yeah. You have to have a wallop. I don't even think you need a wallop anymore, do you? Well, I, they didn't really know. They, this was the, the very first one in New York State. Right. Yeah. So. 
New York State didn't even know how to deal with us. Sure. They That's, that makes sense. They, they really did, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so they, they have all these laws, and then they got people that have to interpret them. And they were like, uh, uh, well, well, we think you should have a wall. Well, does it have to be a full wall? Mm, no, I don't think it has to be a full wall. Okay, so we're able to have one. And now we don't even know that we have to have a wall. Gotcha. It's nice to have it every now and again, but... Yeah, you can jump over it. I mean, it. it's, yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. technically a separate entity, right. right? Like, sure. each one are licensed separately, you know. He has to have everything in bond in the back where beer's... Beer's beer. Like, yeah. It is not even close to the same realm of difficulty. I want to brew a beer, I just brew a beer. Right. He wants to make a fl- anything with flavor in it, it's a recipe. And then it's 7 to 11 days, and then they can go... Yeah, but what kind of blah, blah, blah. I need to see, you know, a sheet. So liquor's tax more, liquor's harder to do, beer's just like. <laughs> if, if, if we decided we wanted the, uh, uh, Purple Rain, they we were doing a different uh, thing about doing a sour, and we just thought about Purple Rain. So he swings around his laptop, goes to New York State, we get the name. We reserve that name. That's ours for a year. It's good. We make the beer. It's excellent. We can put it out in next month. If I come out with an idea for a liquor, I first have to go to the TTB and say, this is what I want to make. Here's the recipe. And they'll give it back to me. Maybe they'll approve it. Maybe they won't. Then we have to submit the label. Maybe they'll approve it. Maybe they won't. They'll make changes. And then it has to go through all that then process. Then price wow. post it. And then well, that has to be brand approved by New York State. So you can't brand approve it until the recipe is approved. Then the label's approved. Then you brand register and then you price post it, and then a month after you price post it, you can legally sell it. Yeah, yeah there's so many freedoms, bro. Yeah. So, like, I changed, yeah. so, like, the Purple Rain, we're talking about Purple Rain. We have the sour, is, we're canning it ne- next week. We changed the fruit profile in it to try to make it a little darker, a little more tart. He can never do that. Yeah. Never yeah. do that. Yeah. I just went, I want to add 100 pounds of Blackberry. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Not for me so much. Yeah, so I have to actually put in, like, now there's blackberry in it. Is it extract? Is it, you know, all this? Do you have the, the, the FID number so we can see if it's all government-approved things that go in it? You have to, everything. Oh, my gosh. The sugars yeah. have to, sugar, you only have a certain amount of sugars. Like, it's. Well, it's just, I found out that doing it at home and doing it for real in the big boy world is different. Um, once you distill it, it exists. So once it exists, you pretty much have to track it from the time it exists until it leaves money. your bonded area. <laughs> so if it comes out in the, in the first barrel, I okay, went there, then I transferred it here, then I have to annotate that it went there. I have to keep records on everywhere it goes mm-hmm. throughout the building until it leaves. And really, they just care about when it left, we can pay taxes on it. Okay. Right. <laughs> Is that why a lot of liquor has batch numbers and stuff on it, so you can track it? Yes. Interesting. Yep, from batch to batch, and it also is um, for health reasons. And it's if anything went bad in a the batch, they can trace it back to. It's like ammo. Yeah, pretty much. Basically, so. Basically, yeah. Pretty much. No kidding. And they're actually it's the same department, the government. So the TTB, right, right. they govern alcohol and tobacco I, and firearms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It used to be ATF, then they changed their name. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the. Yeah. That's they're, insane. They're, they're, that is. Joy to work. For yeah, <laughs> I didn't know how crazy liquor was like from that perspective, but I also didn't know how lax beer was from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, like you still have to if you're on a national scale. So if we are canning and going outside of New York State, it's almost the same same rules. Okay. Like I will have to get you know formulas and stuff like you know label approval and that. But when you're in house and you're really farmers laws and all that stuff, brand label gets approved. I make the beer as long as it's really not going anywhere out of state. Shipping wow. out of state, they don't. Right. Not really. So how does that work? You guys have an outdoor space, mm-hmm. right? So you own the piece of land that we're sitting. Well, you own yeah. the piece of land that we're sitting on. So is is there a permit? Is yeah. there a separate permit? Yeah. So if you have like the bar outside, is a separate permit. Yeah. It's a separate permit, and then and and the parking lot is a separate permit. Yeah. The whole. Thing okay. Is so then wow. it, that encompasses. A, a piece of the overall plot that you guys have, yeah. and then you're allowed to drink within that one plot, yeah, so and that's we, it. Well, kind of, yeah. So when we do Fall Fest, yeah. we have to get a permit. I, I had to go down to you know the town and put it in, and then go to New York State, and basically you should rope off. Okay. And that the drinking area, area yeah, the drinking is area. the drinking yeah. area. Yeah. Okay. So we, when you see it, our area this year was the tent, and if you came here and saw when the tent was up. 
we had caution tape mm-hmm. around it because technically that's the only area outside that you can drink. Same thing when we do the the Harley events, the yep. bike nights. Yeah. It's technically the whole parking lot is like the area. The area. Yeah. Which is like weird because there's a they're set, cheap there's permits. A license. Like they're really not that hard to get. Right. In fairness to them, but it's just like a loophole. There's yeah, permits. It really is. Well, it's, it's not a loophole. It's just it's another obstacle that you have to knock off. Yeah. And well, to, it's another source of income for New York yeah. Right. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. I actually filed taxes today, so on the way here, I'm like, oh. we, can't, we can't talk too much about the state because I'm just going to erupt on the podcast. All right. So changing gears then, away from taxes. Um, the, the whiskey that you have, it's unique to other whiskeys that we've tried, and mm-hmm. is that because it's a sour mash whiskey? Is that why you're well, getting? It, it seems like a hoppy taste, like a sour hoppy taste to it. The the sour mash is. Uh, I know it sounds like a super impressive thing, but basically, <laughs> it's really not. So a sour mash whiskey. When I when I make a corn whiskey the first time, I'll save some of that mash that's been already run, so it's it's sour. Sure, it has almost like a vinegar taste to it. So I'll withhold some of that, probably about five or ten gallons, and then when I make my next batch, I'll add that back into it. Oh, okay. That, it does a couple things. It, it gives you some of the flavors from the corn, but it also helps control uh, my environment in there. It's it's a whole host. Of things that are going on inside there with with uh, all your yeast and all and sure. environment. So you have to make a, a yeast and friendly environment first of all. So you don't want to put that sour mash in right away. Mm-hmm. You want to get your yeast going for a little while. Probably about I usually go forty eight hours, maybe a little bit more before I introduce that back into there. And I I just put that back in there for flavor and help to stabilize the pH. Sure. For me. Um, yeah. Science. Yes. <laughs> does does that help with consistency from batch to batch? Because you're it, literally taking some yep, from the previous batch. It really does. So what it does is it help. It, it's good for the yeast because they, I don't know, recognize they're in that same kind of environment. Okay. And I'll also take out some previous to that and hold it back. Like when I first do a pitch, I'll take a five gallons out or something that and hold that back. And then when my next run comes, I'll kind of inoculate that. Okay. Um, just because that'll my, that yeast is already stable, that's used to that environment, and it helps them get a good start. As good a start as you can get them, like kids in life, if you can get them off to a good start, mm-hmm. they'll be productive human beings. Hopefully, <laughs> later right. at some point. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, same with yeast. You know, if you get them a good start and get them in a good environment, they'll make good liquor for you. So we want to make them happy. Okay. That's Interesting. Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And then when we were earlier, we were talking to Bill. And he alluded to the fact that you had this new line coming out. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. We can talk about it a little bit. Um, yeah, so only, we have only our... what you can talk yeah, about. Well, yeah. only what I can talk about. Uh, a lot of it's still going on in Bill's head. But, um, <laughs> so, so we, we physically have, can't talk about yeah. it. <laughs> so we have our Steel Series, um, which is like our kind of our introductory stuff, um, uh, which is your basic, basic vodka, your flavored vodkas and stuff like that. And our next uh, series up, which is our little bottles right here, is kind of our distiller um, rum runner series, um, which is going to be our moonshine, our whiskey, our whitetail vodka. The Geneva. Um, our Geneva, which is going to be like a mid-level. So this is all our first level. This is going to be like our mid-level stuff. With the rye. And our, yeah, our, the rye. our rye, rye that's going to be coming as well. Um, and then uh, Bill has... Uh, a new idea called uh, Prison Break. So that's going to be a whole different series. It's going to be uh, marketed. In, in this this world, marketing is everything. So Absolutely. if you walk into a liquor store, and I tell people all the time, it's really not the fluid, liquid that's in the bottle that's the most expensive. Everything else that goes with it. Sure. Honestly. Um, so uh, the Prison Break series is going to be kind of a... Um, I don't, I'm not really sure the... The, the base market, but I'm guessing more towards big cities, inner cities kind of stuff. Um, prison break is a term that they use uh, inner city um, or bulletproof and prison break. Um, both to describe like uh, if you ever go to the convenience store and you yep. have to reach under the glass so it's bulletproof and, sure. and, and prison break. But uh, we're going to be doing that. That's going to be like a mid a mid-series as well. And then after that, our Bulletproof series, which is going to be our upper, okay. um, our real exclusive uh, vodka. Um, so with our, going back to the prison break, uh, we're going to release our equivalent to tequila, 
because we're in America, we can't really call it tequila. It has to be a product from Mexico. So it'll be a distilled spirit specialty. Um, it'll be 100% blue agave. So it'll be everything that they do there. Um, the laws that govern it uh, don't let us call it tequila. Mm -hmm. So, but that'll be our first in the series, and then we're going to do, uh, I think, a great uh, brandy, and uh, I think that's going to be called hooch. Okay. Actually, so kind of uh, anything that's related to like a prison breaking sure. out. Uh, actually, tequila, I think, is going to be his idea is going to be something about uh, our guy Nelson on the label uh, tunneling under the, the wall in Mexico, stealing some blue agave and coming out and doing it in America. So, stuff like that. Any, any you know, breaking the chains or whatever. Right. Uh, and and, and, and gotcha. setting that up. That's so, sweet. Yeah. So, for 100% agave, is that an ingredient? Agave is an ingredient? Agave is a, yeah, the plant. It, it's a, it's actually a succulent. And uh, the only reason I know that is because my wife is a master gardener. Nice. So, I always thought it was like some kind of a cactus, but she tells me it's a succulent. And these things typically grow three to four years, but they have the growers out there trim them so they don't actually bud to keep them growing longer than they should. Oh. So five to seven years. And the big centerpiece is called a pina, and it's anywhere from 30 to 50 pounds. Wow. And they take this big thing and chop it all down like a big heart, like an artichoke almost, crush it all out, and that's where um, the blue agave juice comes through. And we buy it as a syrup, so it's basically concentrated down. Oh, okay. And we just bring it in as a as a syrup, so it's just 100% blue agave syrup, and we just distill it out. That's sweet. Yeah. I had, I had no idea that it was a plant. The only time I heard of agave <laughs> yeah. was when it was a restaurant that got shut down by the feds. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I never. You just blew yeah. my mind. That's hilarious. And we can't call. It, of course, we can't call it tequila. Right. Like, right. It is absolutely. Like, and you can't call it agave either, because then they'll just show up and look for well, you can. aliens over here. Well, we're going to try we're to call it agave. Okay. Because of, because of the fact that they're they're really big. The TTB <laughs> sometimes is really big on, on on plant genus names and stuff okay. like that. So they tell us, oh, we should try to use that whatever we can. So I'm going to use their own words against them. So when I submit my label, I'm going to try to. The, the genus name is technically Tequiliana Agave, so that's what I'm going to try to do on my label. Oh, okay. We'll see how that goes. So everybody listening, if you see it, they'll probably give like a page of mumbo jumbo about yeah. why we can't use it. Yeah, which is it's probably going to end up being something crazy, but uh, right. we'll see. So do you guys have a legal team that kind of works on that, or is that literally part of your job you're, as you're, a head distiller? Yeah, you're, you're looking at you're it. looking at the legal team, right? <laughs> I mean, I've learned, I learned a lot about it, especially, I mean, you always learn on it. It's, yeah, it's, right. It's, we learn every day here. Le, le, they, they are helpful. They really can be. It's just hard to get a hold of something. Yes. Right? So okay. I put in something, and they go, you need to put this on the label. I put that on the label. Ah, but it doesn't say this. It's like... I need you to tell me right. exactly what you want. And sometimes that can be frustrating, but I'll, I, I'll probably never 100% know the ins and outs of everything with it because sometimes they approve stuff that I'm like, there's no way they're going to do that. And other times they're like, I'm like, that's simple. And they're like, nope. And I, it's it's, it's kind of every, everything's uh, interpretation, basically. Yeah. Um, I've actually worked with uh, OSHA people and stuff before, and... I've had one guy come in and say, well, this should be done this way. And another guy said, well, no, this has got to be this. And it's the same regulation. It's just how individual interpretation. It depends on whose desk it comes across yeah. from day to day. And you hear that throughout the industry. I mean, we have uh, some friends of ours over at... Uh, um, Black Button. Yeah, Black Button. Black Button. Uh, uh, Buffalo Distillery. Uh, Buffalo Distillery also. But Black Button was in, as you mentioned them. And they had, and I can't remember what it was. It was something that they had on one of their labels and... They had put it on there and it got approved and they tried it the exact same thing the next time and they were like, no, I can't do that. Like, what do you mean? It's on this one right here. Like, no, nah, I can't do that. So it wow. kind of depends on whose desk it comes across and how their interpretation of the federal standard is. Sure. Gotcha. And, and it really, if you read it, you can interpret yeah, a lot of things know. many different ways. So. so even though you're in the Ellicott area, you deal a lot with Buffalo area distilleries and liquor stores and all that stuff right yeah are you in most major liquor stores and are you in bars in the buffalo area too uh we are in a few bars uh, as far as our liquor i know our beer is a little bit more out there than our okay. liquor is um we just really went into distribution in october with empire so it's a process sure. you know, we're, we're slowly getting out there and more we're in a couple more liquor stores locally um uh premier i think i don't know 
We're not only we're in Premier yet, but we're um, global. We're I know Global's our independence, like so. Mm-hmm. It's not the same person, but Global has it uh, in this area. Like Cheap Charlie's will have it. Uh, downtown uh, Great Arrow, I know, has mm-hmm. it. Are you guys out of state too, or just New York State right now? Yeah, just right now we're in New York State. So anybody that doesn't have our stuff, if you have a favorite liquor store, you can just go down there and say, hey, man, they're with Empire. It's in the catalog. We want to get some of that. So it's as easy as that, just to go to a liquor store and ask? Yeah. For the most part? Well, if your liquor store cares about you, then they will. If you're a regular customer. We're regulars. Yes, if you're a regular (laughs) customer, say, hey, I want some of this, you know. And they know that Empire is in the catalog, so they can Cool. Or, know, uh, you know, yeah. or if they're in Springville or Alicaville, they can come down here. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll be, uh, there'll be other other places we can't quite talk about yet, um, but soon. We'll, uh, yeah. Keep an eye Expanding. on the Buffalo News. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. There'll be, there'll be big news coming. Yeah. Cool. Well, well that's exciting. We can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good deal. So this is also like an extensive restaurant as well. You have yes. quite a lot of food. It's not your typical distillery brewery where there it's a full service restaurant yeah like there's Absolutely, no yeah. other way around it nope. so what do you guys offer like just at a broad scope of what type of food you offer deep fried cheese curds there you go <laughs> nice nailed it that's the end of the show guys thank you they do uh I, I as someone who works here we get to we get to eat what they yeah make samples, samples um, i mean samples the burgers too, yeah. are good wings you know wings they go as like basic bar food to like you know they do surf and turf on the weekends oh, wow. stuff like that you know but you know your basic burgers they do, fries they do like pizza logs but oh. they do homemade they make them they oh, roll the them and everything good. pizza logs they have here. the pizza oven so if you like yeah. pizzas they'd have the, they, they the, have the pizza brick, oven. brick pizza oven okay, okay. Oven. cool okay so you have a brick pizza oven so yep. you have pizza pizza logs burgers wings Salads, surf and turf, yep. surf and turf, yep. yeah. burgers, fries, fries. Uh, fries. So it's basically yeah. like fries on Friday, Saturday, yeah. Some nice salmon, steak, whatever. Yeah. So the only reason Tim Hortons is open across the street is because of coffee. Coffee, yes. pretty much. Okay, yes. yeah. got it. Yes. Perfect. Yep. And the breakfast sandwich. We don't have a breakfast sandwich. Ooh, but he did make me one yesterday. Yeah. You left. You left though. <laughs> he, uh, you were gone. I, he made one for Courtney. Yeah. And. Uh, Garrett, the head chef here, made the fried egg, cheese, and bacon on a croissant for Ooh. me. Oh, yeah. I was a little under the weather yesterday, so it was really <laughs> nice. It was good. So. Nice. So, are you ever thinking about finishing some of your beer in the bourbon barrels? Or Got the a process? funny story for you. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's so, about two weeks ago, uh, we got a stuck mash. So, we were brewing one of our IPAs that we are going to be canning soon, and died so basically could be a number of things not enough rice hulls not if you put a lot of wheat or oats in beer it can, it pass. can pass water can't get through it. Oh, okay. so when you're making beer you mash in we could not have cracked the grain enough lots of things if you start to get a grain bed and you keep packing water on top all you're doing is pushing it down sure so nothing you get through so we had a stuck mash. So we had about 350 gallons, 300 gallons Ish. of, at that point, really high gravity, really high sugar, concentrated beer. Like, we wouldn't be able to. It would be probably 9.5%. So it was like a 6.5%, 7% Yeah. So we bailed on it. But it's a big beer, so it's $1,200 worth of grain. And, you know. So the, so the half wall that we have. So the, the other just cool, toss it over to the so other side. The cool thing about it, well, <laughs> I started hearing a whole bunch of cuss words and new kind of swearing words I haven't heard before. So I went to I'm investigate. I'm staring at it like, oh no. <laughs> when I went to investigate, uh, they were having a problem. So they were kind of waiting for Bill to get back and make the final call. And he was like, well, I guess we'll just dump it. But the unique thing about being a brewery distillery in the same building, I said, why would we dump it? It's just barley, right? Yeah, the beer so was shot. We have, a, was- we have a toe out back big 300 gallon plastic tote let's drag it in wash it out we got a different pump pulled it out of the top half pumped into that and then I just threw some yeast in there and it ran out and I just sold out so it's all whiskey wow so what was going to be an IPA is now turned into a malt whiskey and then I ordered some barrels for that so that's going to go in there and I ordered some other uh, used tequila barrels we can get so what happens is uh, one of the, the this company buys used barrels from, from all over so they buy used tequila barrels bourbon barrels rye barrels whatever and they there's a, a secondary market for that so we were gonna I bought a couple of tequila barrels 
and we're gonna actually kind of throw some beer in there. Oh, yeah. cool. I, we have a, a sour that we're working on, and should be hopefully out by the March. Basically, I wanted to, we want to take make a tequila sour, so lime, Himalayan, we're gonna use Himalayan sea salt, and some sort of orange for what the Cointreau triple sour beer. Sure, yeah. So we're just gonna make basically a tequila sour, or beer version of it. The goal eventually is, is this is like the test batch we're doing, is to actually finish it in tequila barrels, okay. staves, and then just basically yeah. give it a give it a month in that, and that way you won't even have to. You could just draw out the flavors. Right, pull right tequila, out. Tequila sour, basically. Sweet, yeah. So. That's cool. We want to do more of that stuff. That that's like a big thing. Is you know, I would like to do a once we get our, our bourbon barrels. Real, I mean, it's a while off, but you know, two years. Age, yeah, two years. You know. But you can you can age you can age nice stouts in, in bourbon barrels right. and get really nice flavors out of them. Do a really nice you know, yeah. you know pastry stout aged in bourbon barrel. You know? I mean that's sure can like the, the that you know the cream pie that we came out with. Put, imagine putting that in a bourbon barrel for a yeah. bit, and let it age on that way. Like, yeah, that'll, that'll be just, awesome. So. And and with the new the new things that are going on, and this industry is is forever changing. I mean, now with you, we're on the. We're on the precipice of, you know, legalization for marijuana in New York State. Mm-hmm. But along with that, opens up a whole... I mean, you'll never be able to mix the two things into a liquor. TTP's already said, you know, weed and, 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 and liquor will never be together. But there's components like terpenes and stuff, like which are basically the flavor profiles and the smell of that. And, and you know, cannabis and hops are... Kissing cousins, you right? Can get, so you can get beers. You can you can start playing around with those kind of things and, and adding some different terpenes in to whatever. And I think it's just it's going to really open up the market and, and it's crazy. be it's a resurgence crazy. Yeah. like you've never seen. I think. Right. Really, there's, there's, you're going to add. You're going to basically drop 300 plus new pro- profiles on not only you know this industry but the culinary industry as well. So. It's right. Yeah. A lot of things. My, uh, it's so true. Yeah. My buddy works for uh, Constellation Brands, which you know owns so many brands of wines mm-hmm. and tequilas and all stuff like that. And they said the moment that Canada legalized uh, marijuana, they invested three billion dollars into like research and development of finding out a way to make products that are high in THC. So if you drink them, you get the feeling of being high, but you don't get like crushed as a like as a swap of beer, like to swap out like beer. Oh, okay. And that's what they're working on. It's going to be a billion dollar industry. Like Cancellation Brands owns Corona. Like they're one of the biggest wow. brand. Like and they put three bill into trying to develop like that. That's crazy. Nice There's a Swiss company yeah. that already has THC water. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, it's just like the stuff is always going to, you know, change what right, you can put yeah. in stuff and what people are going to look for. And, you know, like like anything else, like, I, you know, that will all come out and, you know, the bubble will burst on it and yeah. the big ones that will stay. It's like seltzer. Everyone's got a seltzer, right? right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we're going to have a seltzer because it's... It's a new thing. You have to have it's what the market yeah, You have to have it. it. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and now a lot of that's what we do is what, what the market calls for. Yeah. Like, how my, my whole... The reason I really got into this whole business... I wanted to someday make tequila and hope to. Um, and today is that day because we're making it down there. But Cheers. we're not going to call it tequila. But yeah. um, but our Springville location, we don't do any national brands. So we're all uh, our stuff and all local New York State brands, Tommy Rotter and, and stuff like that. Um, so there's a need to have tequila. but we, So we follow the need of the industry. Mm-hmm. Basically, we need to have that. And then we thought, well, we make it just for ourselves, or there, there's got to be other places out there that are doing the same thing. Maybe they need a tequila, right? Or uh, something they can call that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so bring it in. Um, we try to follow what's going on out there, and Bill's pretty good at that, like gauging what's going on in the industry and stuff like that. He does a lot of that reading. Um, our Killer Light, our beer, actually, um, it was a necessity. You, if I talk to you. Talk to a lot of guys that love craft beer, right? And they go out and they want to bring their wives with them and their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. They don't want to crush IPAs all right. day, right? They're not doing it. So what do we do? So we make a craft light beer, right? A three nine. We it's a three nine, yeah, three nine, like one hundred and twelve calories for a fifteen ounce glass. Nice. So 
there you go. That's the market. And we crush a lot. We we just go through a ton of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially in, in, in this place, though. you know, yeah, being a craft beer, you think oh, your IPAs and your pours, those move, but so does that Keller Lake. Yeah. It's right up there with it. It's yeah. interesting. It, it's a huge, huge market because if you're terrible at snowboarding or skiing like I am, <laughs> after you're done gracefully falling for an entire afternoon, to then get on the fake throughway and drive home to stop here and have a light beer yeah, to get through helps, the concussion yeah. phases. Yes. It's actually pretty friggin' enjoyable. It's not bad, it's right? Really yeah. what we're talking about, like, you know, being in craft beer, you know, I, I don't always just sit around and be like, I'm going to crush IPAs. Right. right? It's going to be 90 degrees in the summer. As much as I love and New England f- IPAs, like... And they're filling. Yeah, yes. they're filling. Yep. And, and, you know, this is like drinking a loaf of bread, you know? Right. Yeah. right. You know, I, I, in the summer, I'm Miller Light and Corona. Mm-hmm. All day, and I think a lot of people are like that. So I think it just was like, you know, people want to drive their bikes out here. People come out here in the summer. You know, you can't be crushing six and a half, seven percent beers all day. My, uh, the, and I mean, that you was can, but like yeah. you're not driving yeah. back. You well, know, my, right, right, back uh, my so, chiropractor yeah. actually he um, drives a motorcycle, and he says, you know, you know, in the fall sometimes he'll go out, watch the first half of the Bills game somewhere, and then you know keep on going. He's like, I, I can't go and crush five or six IPAs right. on my bike. He goes, maybe I can have one or two light beers yeah. during a half of a you know football game right. and then be okay. But yeah, so and that's the same thing with all of our like the gin. We needed a gin, so come up with a gin. And now we need tequila, so we got to come up with that. So it's it's what the market really wants. Yeah. It's cool too because you encompass a lot of stuff. Because I mean, you you ride right? I do. You ride? I don't ride. You don't. So. Both of us used to, and it's it's cool to still be involved, like be in the atmosphere, yes. and then not have to drink, yes. and then to have a, a venue, have a full service kitchen to then just because it's awesome down here, especially to like fall, summer. Yeah, fall. So, so it's a great ride. Summer. Yeah, great you ride, ride through the hills, you're checking yeah. everything out, you're seeing what's popping up in the area, and then you stop here, grab some food. It's cool to still be in the space, catch a live band because you guys have live music. Yeah. Yep. Get some food and then ride back. It's you guys really have a niche mm-hmm. where you encompass all different clientele. Yeah, and, and, well, that, and that's that's hopefully the goal. Like yeah. to make good beer, beer people enjoy, booze you know, people enjoy. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all have things like same with you. Like you love making tequila, I love making IPAs, but sure. you can't just make right. tequila and IPAs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like you know, as long as you can be consistent and and and, and, and get do a good job with all that stuff and that's really all that I could ask for I mean when I first started doing this at, at home in my garage people were like what you, you like to drink a lot I'm like well I do but I'm not that much <laughs> I, I really my my backyard is is my my sanctuary so and my my lovely wife she does if you look at my backyard you swear it was a better home and garden at a layout she does a fantastic <laughs> job and it, it, it's just a great place to chill and we have people over all the time mm-hmm. in the fire pit you know, have friends over. Hey, you try this. I made this. You know, and then people go, "Oh, this is great. Good enough for me. Thumbs up. Right. Love it." That's all I cared about. It was just making things that people liked when I have friends over. And um, I worked with Bill in a different world, uh, construction world, probably ten years ago. So I've known Bill for a while. And I started doing it while I was there. He got out of that business, sold that place, and and started this, and started to get a little bit busy. He gave me a call, uh, like. July, I think I was on vacation for my other job. So hey, uh, you're still doing that moonshine in the you know, in the garage? Sure. You want to do that for a living? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let me talk to my wife and tell her that I'm going to quit my state job and go make whiskey. So <laughs> let's have that conversation. Um, no, it was great. My wife was awesome. She was like, you know, that she knew that was my passion. Yeah. You know, uh, when I started doing it at home, we had some friends that lived in the south. We went to visit. We went down and you know did the, the geeky little tours, went to distilleries, and, and I just got m- more excited about it. We went to a place called 6 and 20. They did like a five-grain bourbon. Oh. And I was like, five-grain bourbon? Wow. I'm going to go home and do that. Yeah. You know, So in my garage, you know, in a five-gallon little still, I made yeah. the best attempt that I could. Right. And, and then when he called, it was just like, yeah. So That's sweet. Uh, if you guys came in and looked on the, the little thing that came in the lamp, the skull lamp. Yeah. Yeah, I built that. So skulls are a big part of me and my wife. Like we have skulls all over our house and things like that. So I, it was kind of a fit. Yeah. Like I knew Bill. We were in the skulls. The skull labels in there. You know, it's almost like 
We should be meant here, to be. Guys. Yeah. yeah. You guys are supposed to be here. Yeah. It's awesome. Do this. So, did you allude to a bourbon in the future too? Bourbon. Uh, yeah. So we'll have um, a baby bourbon, okay. uh, which is a one-year age. So they'll uh, release those in May. Okay. Um, but um, I just ordered a bunch of new barrels that should be here this week. And I'm hoping to get everything in before the end of February so that my bourbon will be ready to 22 of 20, 2022. Oh, okay. There you go. So basically, bourbon has to sit for two years. Yeah. It's, it's yep. depressing at some point. So yeah. You did all that work and you got to wait. Yeah. Well, well that, that's, a, that's a tough part about brown spirits is they have to age. Yeah. So you guys yeah. take an interesting approach where not only do you have your vodka and your gin that doesn't need to age, but you decided to re- release a whiskey that is only aged six months. Yep. So it has a different flavor profile than a lot of the other distilleries because you're not following the traditional, we need to have a bourbon, let's release it in two years. You're like, we have something now, kind of yep. like PBR just did with their five-second whiskey or whatever they Absolutely, have. Absolutely, yeah. It's, you're, you're taking a process that generally requires two years, and you're saying, we're not going to call it bourbon because it's not bourbon. No. But try this whiskey that's been aged six months because yep. it's a different flavor profile than others. It is. It's a different, pro- it's a different uh, flavor profile and something you need to have at your bar. Right. Yeah. You need to have you need to have a gin. You need a round whiskey. You, need, you know what I mean. So those are things you need to have. So out of, again, out of necessity, that's what we need. We don't need an age statement on it. It's not a bourbon. Right. So we just need some 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 of those uh, vanillas, some of those caramels that we're getting from that oak. So that's what we did, and um, that's our standard whiskey. And then at some point we'll have a bourbon. We'll have an aged rye. We'll. Um, with that malt whiskey and the rye that's kind of come in, I'm going to age the malt, and we're actually talking about doing a blended whiskey oh, cool. with the malt and the rye that we're going to do. So it's okay. exciting. So for big announcements, I mean, you guys have a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> so are you on every social media platform? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And then what's your what's your handle? What's the kids say? Uh, Steelbound. Well, at Steelbound EVL for okay. th- for Twitter. Yeah. I just get the Instagrams out. Facebook is just Steelbound Brewing Distillery if you type it in. Uh, He's our social media guy. Gotcha. Does all that. It's a bigger undertaking than people imagine. Yeah, it way it really huge. Is. It really is. Especially when you're trying to, you know, keep brew on and it. do all that other stuff. And they're yeah. like, hey, can you put the new menu up for this weekend? So right. I'm sure when I, right. you know, in, in a second. I already posted three times today. Yeah. I can't yeah. do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, right? Yeah. Oh, you're just losing. You're not getting the reach anymore. Don't you guys get it? Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me see what the Instagram For $10. <laughs> yeah, for $10, you can reach 486 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then the next day, it'll be like, for it's 10 steel, bucks, Steelbound EVL. People. It's like, how did this reach? Yeah. yeah. Steelbound EVL. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, we're coming up on an hour. Is there anything else that you guys would like to highlight about Steelbound that uh, we didn't touch on? Or we can definitely come back in the future when you're releasing your Prison Break series and all that stuff. But in the immediacy, is there anything that you'd like to touch on right now? Um, any, any cool events coming up? This is going to release next Friday. so Nothing really. Yeah, I mean, we, we, have, we have some canning days coming up. Yeah, okay. So we're canning the 24th and then probably March 6th. For what type of beer? Uh, so the 24th is going to be Purple Rain, which is our, our nice. uh, fruited berry sour. And uh, <laughs> oh, Lost in the Stars, which is uh, New England style IPA. And the 6th of March will be uh, Blue Balls. And the beer, right? Yep. Yeah. And the tequila mockingbird, which will be the tequila based sour. The sweet tequila yeah. mockingbird. Tequila, tequila mockingbird. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a nice name. But I have a question for you. What is your favorite since you've been drinking some booze? What's your favorite bourbons? Local bourbon? Or just yeah. in general? Or yeah. local? Or sure. in general? So I'm, a, I'm a big scotch guy. Okay. Scotch. Okay. Yeah. And I just tried Japanese whiskey for the first time the other night. Japanese whiskey is incredible. Yeah. Really? But yeah, so scotch yeah. is my favorite type of scotch is. If I'm going like fruity and like more florally, then it's Glenlivet 12. But if I'm going like harsh, I love my Laphroaig 10 okay. and Lagavulin and stuff. But if we're talking about local whiskeys, right now my favorite local whiskey is Hartman's. Mm. Um, they're a brand new distillery that opened up in Buffalo. Okay. Um, but like I haven't drank too much Steelbound yet. So like I'm excited to. What we do is we take, so for our listeners and for you guys too, we go and visit a distillery and we do an interview with them. And then when we go home, Mike and I will record our own episode with a bottle of the bourbon and then we'll rate it. We have a rating scale and then that'll be like the entire week. So we'll do a clip from the episode on a Wednesday. This interview will release on a Friday and then Mike and 
our episode will release that following Monday where we rate the whiskey. Awesome. So once that comes out, we'll see how that compares to the others that, that we've done so far. But it's really interesting, your whiskey, because it's so different than everything that we've tried. Yeah, yeah Southern is. Tier does a two times hops, which is, it's not similar to this because this isn't a hoppy beer, but it has similar notes, like the flavor profile with the sour and everything like that. Yeah. So it, that'll be more in comparison with that than like a traditional bourbon that we've done or a rye whiskey. But it's very good. I mean, this whiskey is extremely unique, and it definitely helps that aspect of it because it, it's so different and so good still. Well, we use a, I use a, the American oak, but I also use a little bit of French oak oh, okay. in the aging process. So that's that's key. There's um, French. It's a French oak. I'm at 15 Reserve Scotch, oh, okay. which that's my favorite Scotch. Yeah. And it's any as soon as you put French in in front of anything food or or booze, it's way better it seems to be that way it, yeah it's, it's for some reason i don't know except the military then it just you probably had it but my favorite like dollar amount like price point the balvenie uh, doublewood is like oh yeah oh yeah because yeah. 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 it, it's it you can get a bottle that's like 35 bucks yeah. and it's not like killing you like you know yeah, right you know. yeah and it's, and it's a decent scotch yeah, it is. I'm, I mean, I'm just like a I'm a big guy. like like you know I I like trying to find those medium price points right, where you can right. find like really good stuff and you're not killing yourself. Like I love right. really good stuff too, but like yeah, you know, yeah but why spend 105? Why spend 105 right. when I can spend yeah. 40 exactly. when you can find the same kind right. of stuff? So that's kind of my my whole deal with uh, you know Don Julio. It's if we can make if I can make a product that's comparable Don Julio for 20 percent cheaper then great yeah right. true. that's exactly. awesome <laughs> good for me because that's my favorite spirit <laughs> yeah i had uh, somebody asked me that a couple weeks ago that as a distiller what's your favorite spirit tequila well what do you put in it ice <laughs> just just ice <laughs> yeah it's like why are you ruining it yeah, yeah. Why, why why are you, yeah, what are you doing same thing I, i'm sure you guys hear that with bourbon or yeah. people like oh what do you mix it with yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that we got away from because there's a lot of like Woodford Reserve, Jameson, yep. Jack, Jim Beam. You always want something with that. Um, there's some there's some flavors that you would want neat, like Jack Apple or whatever. But yep. at the same time, now that it's been four going on five months, where we've literally stopped mixing and everything is neat down to bourbon creams. Yeah, we drink neat because it's we just want to right. enjoy what it is. Right. Like what we're not trying to for what make all is. these yep. crazy my, cocktails. My yep. favorite summer drink, though, sadly, is bullet rye and cherry Dr Pepper. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Bullet diabetes. Yeah, it is. It's straight, <laughs> it's cherry Coke. It's straight. <laughs> cherry Dr. Pepper and Bullet Rye. I always wake up. I'm like, my ankles are swollen. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, you wake up at three it. in the morning I love and it. slam it's, water. It's like, I was off. Oh, it's so good. Like, yeah. I was like, Bullet Rye honey, and honey, Cherry Dr. Pepper. I think I'm getting the diabetes yeah, already. Like, my hands start like, they lock up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, give me a shiksy side of this one. It's amazing. Well, good deal. We appreciate everything, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming. Guys, yeah, guys came out. We'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you. you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.